Okay, let me pray for us again. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again for letting us uh, think through these questions about what it means to be a member of the church. I pray that you would bless us in this conversation today, that you would help us to think deeply about our faith. And um, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, what we're doing in the training right now is we are going through the vows that people take when they join the church. Uh, We've looked at the first two. We looked at the third one last week. The first two are really about what we called uh, justification, which is uh, us uh, being declared not guilty by God because of the work of Jesus Christ. And the third one is about sanctification. Uh, I'm going to draw on the board a little bit more with you in just a minute, but I want to read the third uh, vow one more time uh, as we start today, and we're going to kind of get into the nuts and bolts of it because it is the one that people get most confused, and they will either take this vow and say, uh, and, and run to a position of earning uh, their relationship with Jesus, or they'll take this vow and run to the position of um, this is optional. Okay, and we, both of those are unhealthy positions for a Christian. So uh, let, I'll read it to you again. Um, do you now resolve and promise in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will endeavor to live as becomes the followers of Christ? Okay, so I'm going to draw a little bit on the board again. Um, I'll just do a little small picture up here. We said this was sort of our timeline of what our lives are like. There's a certain point in our lives where we are born, right? And there's a certain point in our lives in which God acts. And we, we call this the point in which we are justified. Uh, I'm going to put a J here for justification. And we talked about what that meant last week, that Jesus, is, uh, Jesus takes our sin and pays the penalty for it. And uh, we take his righteousness and get the reward for it. There's this glorious exchange that occurs that we see in 2 Corinthians 5.21 where we are justified by God. This is all God's work. This is, we have nothing to do with this. The thing we contribute to justification is the problem. That's it. Okay? God is the one who does everything else through the work of Jesus. But um, let's say down here on the line we die. The D is for death. Um, the question is, is, between this moment and this moment, what happens in our lives as Christians? And this is what the theological word that we use is called sanctification. And um, unlike justification being a one-time act in time that God does, sanctification is um, a process uh, in which we are becoming more and more like the Son of God, that we're becoming, we're growing in holiness and that we um, are dying to our old self. Um, And so that's a general idea. And last week we talked about how it's very important to understand the difference between these two, that Christianity is the only uh, religion that believes that justification precedes sanctification, that it is because we've been justified by God that that we're able to live uh, as followers of Jesus. Whereas most of the other world religions say, you need to live a worthy life and then you'll be justified in the end. So we're not a religion of earning. We are a religion by which uh, Jesus has earned our position for us, and we live out of that in our lives. So what I want to do today is I want to talk a little bit more about sanctification. There's a lot of magnets here. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about sanctification with you. Um, I'm going to give you some things to think about in regards to it because it is really important, and it's something that, frankly, 
I think most, at least in our tradition in the PCA, people don't talk about it a lot. Um, they talk far more about justification or glorification, um, which is uh, God making things uh, right in the end of time uh, where the world is fixed. Um, or they talk about what we talked about before Jesus uh, making us right with him through his justifying work. But they, there's a lot of confusion in our, in our field about what happens in this process where we're being made and more and more like Jesus. So I wanna to try to give you some things to think about with that that will help you uh, because we're gonna talk about a lot in the church. You know, what we really focus on at Christ the King is the idea of abiding. And that's really the command of sanctification is to abide in Jesus Christ. That's how we grow. And I'll explain a little bit more about that in a minute. So here are three considerations on the page. I'm gonna walk through them with you just to think about them today. Um, and then I'm gonna do a little drawing as we go. So the first is this is that sanctification is ultimately accepting life under the reign of King Jesus. Ultimately, this area here is a growing into the idea that you are not the king of your life. That Jesus is the king. And learning to live under his lordship in such a way that it delights you. That's really... Brass tacks on sanctification is that you're learning to live as if Jesus is your king. You're accepting that into your, in, in your life. And that is a long process. Um, it's, a patient, it's a process that takes patience in our lives. Um, and we will not see the fulfillment of it until the end. Okay? So uh, sanctification is a process by which we are coming to accept that Jesus Christ is our king. And it, not, that he's, not that we're just saying, I'll keep your rules. But it is a saying, um, uh, in my heart, I want you to reign and rule in my heart. I want you to occupy the throne here, not me. And as you all clearly know from living your life, that is incredibly difficult to do, right? So that's, that's the overall picture of what it is. Um, secondly, part of sanctification process is growing in an understanding of our sin and our subsequent need for Jesus, okay? So part of this process is understanding that you're a sinner and that you, um, that you need Jesus more and more. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna draw something to help you understand this a bit, okay? okay. So um, let's just say uh, this is you, okay? Um, and uh, we'll say this is your, what I'm gonna call yourself perception. In other words, it's very important. This is how you think about yourself in the world, okay? Um, and up here is what we're going to call uh, God's standard. What God says he wants from us, what he expects from us as human beings, okay? And so um, you were fine in your life. You thought you were fine, and suddenly something happened to you, all of you, at some point in your life, where you understood that you were not okay. Something was wrong. And um, when that happened, um, you placed your trust in Jesus. And basically you said, I am this standard. I am not there. I am a mess. I am not what I ought to be. And so at some point in your life, you believed in Jesus Christ. And he filled that gap for you. And you believed, okay? This is justification, what we talked about earlier. Okay? There's a point in our life in which you believe that. But it didn't take you very long, all of us very long, to get to a point where we're like, uh, 
I'm happy about this, but I am still just not real happy about me. I don't feel like I'm what I'm supposed to be, okay? So inevitably, what we do is we build a ladder from the way we view ourselves to God's standard. And the rungs on this ladder are things that we do in order to try to please God. They're things like, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to try to act right. Uh, I'm going to hang around with Christians. I'm going to tithe. Uh, I'm going to spend time at church. I'm going to go to Sunday school. You know, I'm going to sing in the worship. And we build this ladder, and we believe that as we uh, keep these or we walk these rungs in our life, we're becoming more and more like what God wants us to be, right? And suddenly something is happening in us, right? Because like we're no longer viewing God, reaching God's standard by the cross. Now we're viewing God's standard by what we're going to do, our own self, uh, our own ability to accomplish things. And so what happens is we begin to, we, 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 uh, you know, we, uh, we, we feel good about our relationship with God, and then we kind of feel like it's harder, and then uh, we start going to church again, and then we move to another city, and we kind of get involved. And then we, you know, we go to Christian camp, and we have this really awesome experience, and then we make out with the girl at camp. And then, you know, we go up and down, you know, in our lives, right? And we're always trying to move toward getting up here. Um, and what happens as we do this um, once we get up here, we feel really good about ourselves. But uh, some things happen up here that are weird. Um, one is, is that when we get up here, we start seeing these differences with each other. Like, um, suddenly I feel like um, I'm not going to drink anymore, and that makes me really, God's impressed with that. And then some of us think, I'm going to drink more now because God's fine with that. You know, I begin to feel good about it, you know we begin to see these differences in our lives. Um, And what happens is because we feel like we're closer to what God wants us to be here, we start looking down on other people who aren't that way, right? And not only that, but like as, as this is happening, like the cross, our dependence on Jesus and what he's done for us is getting smaller as we go, Right? So that by the time we get here, two things are happening. One is, is that we really aren't loving other people. We're sort of looking down on them because we think we've made it. And two, we're really not loving God as much because we don't think we need him. And so we, we, you know, it doesn't take long to look at that and go, I don't think that's what God, that's what, I don't think that's what sanctification is. I don't think that's what it means for us to become holier, right? I don't think that's what we're getting at. So instead, instead of thinking about sanctification this way, it, 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 I think the better way to think of it is that uh, what happens is actually um, it looks more like this. Where over time, you know, we, we, in this beginning time, we really felt like Jesus met our needs and he, and, he, and he accomplished what we couldn't accomplish in our life. And I'm so thankful for him because he forgave me of my sins. But it doesn't take you very long to say, you know, um, you know I'm more sinful than I thought I was. You know, I can remember when I first became a Christian, and the things that really mattered to me were things like, uh, you know, I'm going to hang around with different people. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stop cussing as much, right? That's one of them. Um, and, um, but it doesn't take you long before you realize, like, you know, uh, cussing is not really that big of a deal. The bigger deal is that um, there's this person that I absolutely hate and I don't want to forgive them, right? Or, I just seem to have absolutely no control of myself sexually. You know? 
And, and we begin to see, as we go, our hearts, we, we see the darkness of our hearts the more as we grow as a Christian. We see more and more of our sin. We see more and more. And what, and what happens is that as, we, as those things happen and we see more and more of who we are as we descend in this way, um, is that we don't look down on people. We actually look them eye to eye and we say, I'm not too different from you, right? I'm, I'm a screw up just like you are. Um, I'm a mess just like you. And we're able to actually help people and minister to them and, and have good conversation as opposed to looking down on them. But the other thing that's happening is that as this is going on in your life, the cross, like your, your need for Jesus is growing all the time. You're seeing more and more of what Jesus has done for you and less and less of like what, you, and so like, you know, whereas here, like you're seeing more and more of a need to better yourself in order to approach God here, like, it's, you know, some people may say, well, is this, Buck, are you just saying that, like, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to learn to hate myself? You know, that I'm just feeling worse and worse about myself? And, like, I don't think that's what happens at all. I think what happens is that you just think of yourself less. Not that you think less of yourself, but you just don't think of yourself as much. Now, when you're down here, you're thinking about other people. And you're thinking about God, about Jesus and what he's done for you more and more in your life than you are the other. And so this, so down here, what you begin to feel is that, um, I, I love other people and I'm, and, and, and I'm like them because we're sinners and I really am delighting in God and what he's done for me all the time. Life becomes joyous because God is doing for you what you can never do for yourself and you're seeing it more and more, right? And so this feels a lot more like growing holier. This, this, is, more, this is really what it means to become more and, and to grow more and more in your faith as opposed to sort of this um, growing in your own estimation of yourself. So I think that's a helpful way to think about, uh, about sanctification is growing more and more in that way. And so the question becomes like, is sanctification, <clears throat> is sanctification more than just me growing in this understanding that I'm a bad person, okay? Of course, it's more than that. But this is a starting point, and this is one of the reasons that we confess our sins when we come to worship each week, is because we want to create a rhythm in your life where you do that, so that rather than growing in your own estimation of yourself, you're growing more and more in terms of your dependence on Jesus. That leads to the last bit here in the considerations, which is uh, sanctification is an act of grace that God calls us to pursue. So all of this on the, on the other side of heaven, like all of this is God's work in you. Like God is doing this by the power of his spirit. But you and me are supposed to pursue it. Um, we, we're supposed to <clears throat> put ourselves in what I'm going to call places of grace. You'll hear me use that language a lot. They're basically God saying this. If God said to you, <clears throat> meet me in the library every day at 2 o'clock, and I'll make you like my son Jesus. It may be painful, but I'm going to make you like him if you meet me in the library at 3 o'clock. Would you go? And I hope the answer is yes, that I would pursue that, right? Um, but would your going be the thing that's making you like Jesus? No. God is the one who's doing that. But you have to put yourself in a position for it to happen. And really, that's the, that's the picture of growing in grace in the scriptures is God has given all these places. And he says, if you come here and you meet me here, I will make you more like my son. I'll change you. But you've got to put yourself in the position to do that. Sometimes God will change us despite that. <laughs> that's, 
the shortcut, right? We, we don't want to have to go to those places of grace. And that shortcut is called suffering, and we'll talk about that at another time. But the normal way that God works is for us to put ourselves in these positions. One of them is worship, right? That's a clear way that we put ourselves in the path of grace in our lives. Um, others are more individualistic, things like fasting and prayer and Bible intake and those sort of things. Um, the Lord's Supper is one. Serving God is one. Fellowship is one. There are lots of places that God has basically said, if you come and meet me here, um, I'll change you. I'll be at work in your life. And so um, we're, we we're going to talk a lot about that idea of abiding, put ourselves in that position to do that. So here's some implications to think about, and then I'm going to let you pray for a few minutes. <clears throat> Implication number one, we are called Christ the King because we want to pursue, persuade the world that life is best when Jesus is our King. Um, this rule is not a forced means of behavior change. In other words, we're not saying you should follow Jesus and get your act together. Uh, what we want to do is to people to follow Jesus um, as a delight and a desire because they see how good it is, what true life is like under his reign and rule. Second, confession of sin will always be a substantive part of our life here at the church. Confession is modeled and practiced in our weekly worship, but our hope is that it will become a moment-by-moment -moment practice for you in all of your life, okay? Uh, it's like, uh, was it Luther that said, all of life is repentance? Was it Luther that said that? Am I wrong? Yeah. Like, all of life is repentance. That is, the, the, the Christian life is a continual uh, turning away from our old self to the new. A continual turning away from our, um, our own sin to what God would have for us. And then lastly, last implication, is that as a church, we will always seek to encourage and provide ways for our community to abide. We want people to connect with Jesus. We want people um, to both together corporately and uh, individually uh, to practice the faith. In other words, practice putting ourselves in these places where God will show us grace. And Christ the King hopes to provide a variety of avenues and accountability for abiding, believing that true change only comes through connection with God. That's the approach, connection with God. Okay. So that's just a little bit for you to think about, about sanctification. Um, I hope that this has helped you a little bit. I'd be glad to answer any questions for a few minutes before we pray, if you have any. Any questions? Let me pray for us, and then I'm going to let you guys get together and pray. I, I gave you two suggestions here. One, that uh, we would delight in God reigning and ruling in our hearts. And secondly, that our family will be known for the practice of abiding. We'll keep talking about that as the days go on. Let me pray for us. Uh, Father, we are grateful for um, this community. We pray that you will continue to shape us uh, as we connect with you. We pray that like even now as we get together and pray, that it would be an encouragement to be with other people in other places of life, dealing with different circumstances, and that they would encourage us uh, to be near you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, take a few moments now, divide up, and uh, pray together.